Hi guys, you're listening to a special episode of the Portsmouth Strong Podcast, recorded at the 2018 Arnold Classic in Columbus, Ohio. Dale and I were fortunate enough to sit down with two very popular entrepreneurs. Our first guest that you're going to hear on today's show, his, he goes by the name of Tommy Tartaglia. He is a Marine Corps vet, CEO and business development executive of Tango Charlie which is a CrossFit clothing apparel company, and also Recon Rings. It is rings for people who are active. Um, Little silicone rings that you might see at your jewelry stores now. They've become really popular. Keith Bowling, also known as Fitch Ronning. You might have listened to him a couple episodes ago. He is the owner over at Masterworks Studios right here in Portsmouth. So if you listen to this episode and want to go over and check out these recon rings that have become so popular, head over to Masterworks and ask for Keith. For now, enjoy this episode with Tommy from Tango Charlie. All right, brother. What is the most rewarding part of your business? Um... Great question. I think the most rewarding part of my business is knowing that um, we're still making an impact. So obviously we sell funny t-shirts and, you know, when people show up to the gym and they're able to wear a world's okayest exerciser t-shirt <laughs> and, kind of, lot, and, and embrace mediocrity a little bit, um, more importantly, it, it helps me knowing that they're making other people laugh at the gym. And a lot of people, especially at, you know, CrossFit affiliates could probably use a good laugh. Um, and then... I guess after that, it would probably be knowing that we're still pretty philanthropic um, and that we take a lot of the proceeds and turn around and donate it back to local military charities and and some national charities as well. So, So, I know I'm already jumping off script, but (laughs) what, how did, what was the genesis of Tango Charlie? So, I owned a CrossFit affiliate uh, with my best friend Chad, and we saw a gap. Um, we saw a gap in like in that community of like really comfortable clothing and really funny clothing at a reasonable cost. Um, there was like the forty dollar t shirts, and then there was the like really funny t shirts that were printed on Gildan just dog <laughs> shit. And you're like, I feel like I'm wearing, yeah, I'm wearing like a, a cardboard box to the yeah. gym right Sweating now. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? So. <laughs> We like we looked at that, and then I decided to kind of go on my own with uh, my other business partner and, and kick this off. And um, it started with just some filthy T-shirts, and uh, we kind of pushed the limits pretty hard before we got going. And I think our first shirt was like "I pull up, not out" or something like that. And then <laughs> got into the her box, gave me rabdos and some, some cool stuff and like that. Your your most popular shirt this weekend is "I'm uh, into butt stuff." The "I'm into butt stuff" shirt probably. <laughs> with a picture of a yeah. Like, Back to yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's we, awesome. I think we've sold like 200 of those shirts this weekend. So, and my wife looked at me. She's like, "You're you're not gonna sell any of those today." There's yeah. her voice that I always yeah, pick yeah, up. Yeah. She goes, "Great, can't wait to hear that voice, Tom." Um, yeah. And then yeah, we sold 200 of them. So my favorite shirt, I got it for my birthday, is the General Mattis mm-hmm. Marine Corps t- yeah. uh, tank. I got it from Hammer, that's on our team. Yeah. And I wore off that all the time. That's, I love that. It's my jam because I mean, you know, when you're in the military, like you want to be proud of where you're like. Right at least where you are now in the military. And yeah. There really isn't a ton of cool military shirts that are like, yeah, I'm proud, like, I'm proud to be a Marine, yeah. but I don't want to look like a fucking boot. Right, you know? right, and, right, and right. That was Definitely why, yeah, 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 he's just. Which you, is what I love, because my brother's in the Marines, and he'll always send us stuff for our birthday or for Christmas, yeah. and it's like, 
Marine Corps. Yeah. <laughs> Marine yeah. Corps. Yeah. That's awesome, too, and I love it, and I wear it all the time. But I mean, you don't have to rock a high and tight, so you're <laughs> good. You, know, you don't have to be that young kid anymore. But so. I just like the, the cool aspect of it, it too. Is. It's, yeah. it's more approachable, and what I want to wear it. So. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we just, we just like making stuff that people want to wear, and apparently it's working because oh, yeah. people yeah, are here. So. Yeah, and not to mention the recon rings. Yeah. Aside from the apparel, you are doing amazing with the recon rings. Yeah. I know a ton of people. It's like, oh, yeah, I know I know that guy. Yeah, last deployment, it, just super short story. Watched a kid lose his finger, um, jumped off an LAV, ring got caught, ripped his finger off. And um, I was married at the time, too, but I wasn't wearing my ring. Uh, so I really didn't have anything to worry about. So we got back, and I was like, there's got to be something better. Um, and we saw essentially all the competitors out there. We saw the Kalos. We saw the Enzos. The safety ring were like the OGs, like years before anybody else. Yeah. And um, yeah, their rings. I just I saw a huge again a huge gap. Their rings were super thin, or they were falling apart, or I just didn't like their branding because it was on like the outside of the ring, and it was more about it was more about that brand than it was about like your relationship with your wife, your, or your husband, or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. So just this like the significance of that. Um, and uh, I was working out, and I just met with uh, my buddy Steven who now is essentially running 99% of the company. Um, he's like the brains behind everything and, yeah. and, and phenomenal at what he does. Um, and we just kind of came up with some ideas and did some test runs and kind of came back and forth with a couple samples and, um, you know, probably the first 10 or 15 we tossed in the garbage and kept, re, you know, redoing it and ripping blueprints up and going back and forth and finally got like a kick-ass product and like, right, let's launch it. Yeah. Let's go. And we launched it in like two weeks. They're baller too. So yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, they're yeah. just they're thicker, they're better, right. and they're yeah. they last. Yeah. yeah. So we're pumped about that. And again, like comes back to thin blue line, thin red line, donating back to like concerns of police survivors. We're able to do some other small fundraisers when we want to. It's, yeah, it's a ton of fun. That's great. So, so second question, Dale gets to ask all the fun questions. <laughs> what is the most challenging aspect of your business? Um. And that can be Tango Charlie or the Recon Rain or both. Yeah, so, I mean, we were talking about this in the bar earlier. Um, to me, it's finding balance. I've never wanted to learn more, right? Uh, I was kind of a fucking loser in high school, and I didn't want to do any of the work or anything like that. Um, but when your family's relying on it, and it's it's like a an awesome challenge. Yeah. yeah like, I read all the time now. Um, I'm constantly learning and, and evolving and growing my business. Um my biggest challenge is that is kind of managing that but at the same time staying like that small hometown feel yeah, yeah. I kind of still want to be at all the events and shaking hands and kissing babies and, and drinking yeah. beers at the end of the night um, but at the same time I want to grow so yeah. like it's that balance back and forth too so yeah a couple couple big challenges I mean anybody can figure out Facebook ads with enough time or yeah. um, you know email marketing or you know, even creating funny t-shirts. Just have yeah. a couple drinks at the bar and write stuff yeah. down with a napkin. You'll be all right. Well, it, it speaks a lot to, like, you know, guys that are cool guys, they want to spend all their time shooting. Yeah. Or guys who are CrossFit guys, they want to learn, like, spend all their time working out. Yeah, yeah. And then it's, at some point, it becomes, like, you stop figuring out, like, spending all your time YouTubing. Yes. Clean techniques versus, all right, well, what what is retargeting? What is email marketing? Like, yeah. Before you know it, like you're full on nerd level, you can, and there's no, it, it. I can never shut it off. Like, yeah, there's always something to learn as far as social media marketing. Yeah. It's 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 good. To, I don't know if it's good or not, but it's good to hear that 
there's those common challenges. Like, oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say. A lot of times when we have people on the podcast, like local business, you always hear like, how do you find balance? You know, so yeah. it's good to hear, like, see like the next level, like business, businessmen needing to find that balance yeah. too. Like we don't all have it all figured out just no, because. And, and I mean, you, if you read my emails, you'll see spelling errors. You'll see like, <laughs> oh, he just sent this at like 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> there's no the like, iPhone. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's, I mean, there's some serious mass emails with some pretty rough typos in it. And, um, it's a learning curve. It is. And you know, my wife is a big time accountant and she's proofreading my emails for me. So right. there's definitely some mistakes that like slip through. Like we don't, I mean, I'll be the first to say we don't know what we're doing, you know, yeah. but I think it kind of humanizes your brand. Yeah, it does. And yeah. it's like, oh, shit, well, not that it doesn't make me feel like I need to proofread emails, but it's yeah. like, you know what? I'm a human, too. You it know? is, yeah. So. And I think it, it also speaks to who like, who we are. We're probably the world's okayest email writers, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that speaks to that, too. We're, yeah, I mean, we're not the best CrossFitters in the world. We're not, you know, the Kalipas or the Fronings or anything like that. And we're never going to be. And that's probably similar to our company. I'm not running Reebok. I'm not running... You know, these multi-million dollar organizations, um, you know, are we going to hit a couple million dollars next year? Yeah, you fucking believe it, we are. But yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to have somebody ripping my emails for me at that point. Right. So it's yeah. just still got to be in my voice and it's still, I would like it to be me and I'd like to have some fun with it. So it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Next question. What is the best piece of advice you've been given? Slow down. Oh. Yeah. And that was... Um, you came up with that pretty fast. Yeah. So <laughs> I ran... You must I, heard that several times. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, I think it was probably after... Yeah, it was after the Marine Corps. I started a nonprofit with a couple retired two-star generals. And um, I still had, like, the overseas in me. And it's like, okay, this needs to get done. This oh, needs to get done right oh, the yeah, fuck yeah. now. And, and here's how we go. Um, so there's always a, yeah, like, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it with intention. We're going to, like, this <laughs> Thank you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing is, and you were that's on the officer side, right? Yeah. But it was, it was speed and violence of action. And everything that we did had to be done fucking right now. Let's go. So when I was in the nonprofit sector, you know, we grew our business. We developed strategic plans. All of that shit I hated. I was like, I don't want to do this, right? It was, let's go get this done. Let's bring these veterans in. Let's help them grow. Let's get them back into this community. Um, but the best piece of advice was given by uh, retired General Robert Mixon. Just slow down, step back, look at the whole situation, the whole battle space, you would say, or whole yeah, battlefield, right. and be like, let's reassess and then attack it from a different direction. So, so as a side story along with that, my, my first job was working at what's known as the A plant, it's a government job, and which is 90 degree, like yeah. 180 different than like go, 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 do, 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 do. Yep. Like, It'll get done when it gets done. <laughs> like, yeah. relax, you'll be all right. And my boss, my boss was a little bit of a go-getter, but he'd been ingrained in the system. And finally, he, like, took me to the side. And he was like, son, come here. I've been out here for a while. You remind me of me when I was your age. <laughs> I was a young bull, too, once. All the young bull wants to do, go out in the field, fuck as many cows as you can. <laughs> yep. One after the other. Just keep going. You know what the old bull does, son? I'm like, what? what where are you going with this? <laughs> he goes, the old bull just come off the hill. He'll walk around. He'll go to lock the gate and then fuck them all. <laughs> in the I was like, I like oh. It, it makes okay. sense. Yeah. Yeah. It does. That, that story's kept with me for like 10 years. Yeah. yeah. I, and 
you know, since then, I still catch myself and, like, got to slow down. You got to step back. And I think if you look at the big difference makers in, like, the community or even if you listen to enough, I hate listening to entrepreneurial shit podcasts or any of those right, assholes right. out there, but you listen to enough Tim Ferriss or even Jock or any of those, like, good dudes that know what the fuck they're doing. Right. They're like, hey, did you meditate today? Did you take 10 minutes to yourself and slow the fuck down and, yeah. and bring your heart rate back and, and just kind of gather yeah. your thoughts? And um, that's... That's good because yeah. I was just getting ready to ask Dale if he does that. Do you slow down, Dale? I I do. Uh, no, I yeah uh, I do. You, you I give try. yourself time. I try. Uh, I personally try to slow it down. I don't. I mean, I see you. I mean, and this is just images on social media, but I see you slowing down a lot with the kiddos now. Like yeah, yeah. I'm assuming there's got to be like a homeostasis oh, there for you. There's a whole like give and take like yeah. to where. Um, you know, their schedule is pretty much they're waking up in between between six and seven, yeah. and but they're going to bed at six and seven. And I used to be like six a.m. to eight thirty, yeah, just rolling. And then, but like I want to be there when they wake up, which I might have to break from my routine, yeah. Um, but which, then I want to be there when they go to bed too. Um, and like I've had to tell myself like. Dude, it's it's okay. Like, yeah. This is way more important. Way more important. Yeah. Than These orders will get out tomorrow. Than yeah. Some established, pre-established thing that you built in your own head. You're talking like the 12-hour workday, right? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> that and yeah. Like, or even like you're just getting a workout and you've moved it to your house that way. You're yeah. Closer yeah. To the yeah. Kids put it. Yeah. Put it in a garage gym and then like doing stuff so so Tia can like I'll come home for a couple hours in the middle of the day so she can go work out yeah do her thing and bounce the schedules back in that it's cool we're yeah. we're so my wife is pregnant I don't know if you knew that no uh, I didn't shout out to my baby mama congratulations uh, thanks uh so she is taking 13 weeks of maternity leave obviously um but I'm taking nine weeks of paternity leave and that's I'm just awesome. probably going to shut down all the Facebook ads not do a ton of email marketing and just chill the fuck out and just yeah. embrace the process because I think that was nothing against my family or my father or anything like that but they didn't have that opportunity there yeah. wasn't paternity leave there wasn't like they were grinding not to not to set us up for our future but just to keep food on the table and everything else like that it's very different back then yeah. so I don't think I don't I know that we have the ability to be a little bit different at least in our day and age yeah Dude. It's financial so different now. Yeah. You know, there's... Eh, and the clarity that's going to provide you to, like, yeah. want to get back in the saddle and, like, speed things up again yeah. is going to be... And, and, the, and the cool thing is, is, like, no matter all this craziness, like, just imagine if you had eight to five. Yeah. And you couldn't do that. Yeah. And you, could, you couldn't decide, all right, well, I'm going to block two hours in the morning, I'm going to block two hours in the evening or two hours in the middle of the day you can do whatever you want yeah but you had to work your ass off yeah and it's, it's a cool thing to be able to like create your own schedule yeah um and do stuff like that and then like you'll like you know, anything i can tell you man like you'll get that's beautiful and then like it, if anything it'll make it'll force you to work smarter yeah like all right i've got Kids yeah. are down for a nap. I've got 45 minutes. Just Let's go. Hammer. Yeah. And, and you know what? Your workflow, you won't notice a difference. Because now you know, instead of 
Oh, I've got till noon to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> I've got 45 minutes. There's no delay. No distraction. No I'm not checking. Turn the phone down. Let's go. Yeah. And then as soon as you hear the first, then <laughs> game on. You game on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's good, dude. It's really, don't like. So that's actually a good segue because our next question is, can you name a time or what was a significant experience in your childhood that you believe led you to where you are now? Oh, shit. Yeah, get some. <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, this could get real heavy here in a second. Uh, no, nah, we'll keep it light. I think um, probably, like, so my parents divorced when I was relatively young, and uh, I watched my mom struggle. And my dad was paying, he wasn't like a deadbeat or anything, he was paying right. child support and everything else, but... My mom was raising three kids, essentially, on a single income or one-and-a-half income, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, and she switched jobs. She was working at, like, a grocery store in the video department and kind of saw the way that videos were going to DVDs and probably, you know, transitioning from there. Um, she knew that her job wasn't going to be at Wegmans forever. So she jumped ship, and it was, like, a super tumultuous time in everyone's life. My sister was an asshole. I was the biggest asshole. Um, <laughs> and I, I just kind of saw her like just grind and we talk about like I, f I fucking hate Navy SEAL mental toughness yeah, blogs yeah, 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 and I hate yeah, all that right, shit it's yeah, like yeah. I wrote a whole blog about like look at your fucking parents like if your parents are between the ages of like 40 and 60 or 40 and 70 or 40 and whatever look at them look at your grandparent who was in World War 2 or careers so, like right. before you it was talk cool about, to grind yeah you want to talk about fucking grind or you want to talk like you had that, to that dude worked for 29 years in the steel mill and lost a finger or lost this right. or did that and and couldn't put food on the table and, and his you know wife was doing a seamstress on the side like that's what mental toughness is it's waking up and knowing like you legit don't have anything to look forward to you're gonna go work a 12 hour day job you don't fucking like and and your kids are gonna be assholes when you get home and, and <laughs> that was probably I don't, so it's not really like a significant event but it was just over the course of you know my right. 10 or 12 years growing up um, that's where I probably got my work ethic from and uh, I've always kind of been Again, I hate the word hustle, but I've kind of always had, like, this backroom deal or this hustle in yeah. the background. Um, I think since I was, like, I got caught selling my dad's Playboys when I was seven. <laughs> so, it's like, since I was, like, seven years old in Sunday school, um, I've always had that. And I just kind of adopted that from, from my mom and from my dad as well. So That's awesome. awesome. That's a good fucking answer, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so, real. I'll save the last question for Dale to ask. Um, but this question here, since we're at the Arnold... Yeah. And you've got the gym, and you're into exercise and fitness, and uh, the apparel that goes along with that. What is your favorite type of exercise, and uh, why? Um, as in, like, anything. style, discipline? Anything. Cool. So, obviously, I'm a huge advocate of CrossFit. I think it's just legit. Um, mm -hmm. You know, do I necessarily agree with, like, the label of that? No, probably not, but right. that's fine. Like, they own it, and it's phenomenal, and they have just built this incredible brand from the ground up. Um, but if I want to swing a kettlebell, I don't want to fucking have to call it CrossFit, you know? It's just yeah. swinging a fucking right, kettlebell. Right, right. Um, it, so that's probably got to be one of my favorites. I'm built like yep. a power lifter. But Let's I, rephrase the question this. Yeah. It's you on a Saturday. You feel good. Yeah. What's the workout you're going to do? I'll probably do some heavy deads, maybe some cleans, and then just a super short Metcon. Um, That's so I can fucking crush all the skinny people and just be like, all right, dudes, it's going to be heavy and it's going to be short. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's 
just like my first marriage. Like it'll be over before you. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I'm expecting less than less than five minutes. You know, and uh, some 155, 185 cleans, and let's yeah, let's push your body, but also know that all right, you got four minutes left. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be done with this soon. Yeah, I, can, I can taste the copper. In my yeah, 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 that whole thing. I don't like. I don't mind Fran. I don't mind heavy Fran. I don't mind any of that stuff. Um, I love Strongman. Like that was my jam. When we opened up the affiliate, we were one of the first ones to sign up for Orlando stuff. And uh-huh. um, yeah, I, I I throw down with some Strongman. All right, man. Too, and so. to close this out. What's your favorite cuss word? Oh, shit. Really? <laughs> well, we oh, yeah. We did mention that before. <laughs> I, I, you could. It's, it's got to be to my Australian brothers. It's got to be cunt. It's the first, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's bad. I know. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I but did, it's. I like, did not yeah. see that. I, yeah. I did not see that coming. That's beautiful. Yeah. If I get pulled over, that's the first. Like, somebody cuts me off or something like that. First thing out of my mouth. And it's like any, any, any time I've. I've swung and hit somebody or, like, grabbed somebody by the throat. That's the last thing out of my mouth before, like, that's the blackout. Like, right, oh, right, right. shit. Right? It's that's fucking the yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. And it's, like, it's game on. And uh, Lisa, my wife, doesn't. She just leaves. Like, she knows when that comes out. She doesn't say anything because right. she knows, like, there's no coming back from that. Just turn around. She leaves the room or leaves the bot, leaves whatever. Yeah. And it just lets me do my thing. <laughs> just That's like awesome. he's gonna go get it out right now. Like throwing a computer across the room or dropping a barbell. Like let yeah. him do what he needs to do. But yeah, that's All definitely right. that. So All right. I'm sorry if you can't put that on the. Radio. No, we're putting oh, it okay. on there. All right, All right. Cool. Yeah. it's I'm in. It's good. Right. Right. Brother, thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for drinking beers with us. Yeah. Thank you for having a fun night with us. And yeah, yeah, man, it was good. Thank you for that, dude. That's good. Yeah. Enjoy this interview with our second guest, Inkworks, Eric. Okay, so what is the most rewarding part of your business? <laughs> you know, that's funny. I, the most rewarding part is actually walking into the doors and doing something I love every single day. You know, I worked some soul-sucking jobs growing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think if I, if I were to look at my full resume from the time I started working at age 10 until now, it's about eight pages long. Yeah. You know, every single job. And so finally being able to, to see a product walk out of the back that somebody else is getting joy out of, like that brings me happiness every single day. Yeah, that's really cool. I haven't, I mean, I've been married for two years, going on three years, and I like still will be like, oh yeah, back when I worked at the liquor store, and Will will be like, when did you work at a liquor store? I'm like, I've done a lot of things. A lot of things. But I had to. You, had to, you have to grind and... And build that resume and learn what you don't want to do exactly. to find out what you really do love to do. Exactly. You know, my my dad was he owned his own trucking company, uh-huh. and so all I knew was that hustle. Like, yeah. Watching that, and I knew from day one I never wanted to be a truck driver. Yeah. Because I it busted my ass. My the dad entire was time. a truck driver too, uh-huh. and um, he was gone a lot. Um, still provided and was at everything that he could be at, um, but. You had to see, that's what hard work looked like. Sleep deprived, hard work, driving across the country. And I was like, yeah, I never want to do that. And I never want, like, I hope my dad doesn't have to do this forever. Exactly. And luckily, him and my mom started their own business, and he didn't. So, it's, it's pretty cool. But that that grind that you see come from your parents yeah. is... You know, it's it's funny. Factor. Like, I, my dad and I, we, we struggled. We butted heads all growing up, and... It, it made, as much as I hated it in the moment, it made me who I am. 
you know? Yeah. And you should really love love your dad. He almost gave you a cool name like Thor. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a cool thing I've heard about you t- this weekend. You're definitely an Eric, but I can picture you as a Thor. And Eric with a K. At yeah. least at least we stayed with the Norwegian uh, yeah. heritage there. That is so yeah. funny because Will has a brother-in-law and his name's Eric and we actually call him the Norwegian Fokker because he's always doing Fokker moves. Right. (laughs) So it's pretty, you guys are kind of on the same wavelength, um, but that's another story. So um, what's the most challenging aspect of your business or just doing business? You know, I think the challenging aspect is, is projection. You know, we, we've grown organically Mm -hmm. and, and we've, our shop bursts at the seams yeah. until we just can't shove another shirt in there before we move. Yeah. And we've only moved three times. But, yeah. And ideally, we shouldn't move past where we're at right now. Right. But the challenging aspect is saying, okay, as much as I don't want to move, how do we grow and still maintain the same quality? Right. You know? How do we make sure that every shirt that walks out of the back of the door, every glass, whatever mm. the product is looks exactly the same way that it did when we were doing it in the garage yeah you know (laughs) yeah that's a big factor i know i'm speaking for dale um but his method has always been grow as you go absolutely and um that's that works for a lot of people but um especially when you're starting your own business you want to have the biggest baddest ass building and you want to have the fanciest you know systems in play and it's like you know what sometimes you just got to hand write your purchase orders and put them in there, yep. you know, and do it that way. So I think like that was a big thing that he brought to third and court because he had already learned that with Doc Spartan in the right. gym. And it's like, um, guys, we just kind of got to start from the bottom and then we'll be there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, uh, uh, part of the reason I love Facebook, uh, memories is like, mm-hmm. you get to see those moments where, we had boxes stacked into our neighbors and our neighbors' neighbors yeah. side in outside of the old shop. It was like I'm so happy we're not there anymore. Now we got pallet racks and stacks yeah. stacked to a 20 foot ceiling. But I, it, it makes you appreciate those days, right? Yeah. Exactly. What number three here is? What is the best piece of advice you have been given? The best piece of advice was that to ask for advice. You know, I, people who ask for money. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a loan, whether it's a handout, whether it's a sponsorship, whatever it is, are always going to fail. If instead you turn around and ask for, how can I take this idea and mm-hmm. make it come to fruition and let someone else teach you? You may get shit answer, but throughout that process, you're going to learn a little bit more about yourself and you're going you're gonna to find out whether the trajectory that you were on is the right one or whether you need to pivot in that moment. Right. Um, but I think, honestly, you know, just... One of the things that I do day to day is I try to listen more than I speak. And uh, an old boss of mine, an old boss of mine, um, it was hard because I was in, I was working for a call center for Toyota, (laughs) you know? And when you're in a call center, you're the one supposed to be doing the talking. (laughs) And he would, he would sit and he would monitor my, my conversations and he'd be like, you know you have to like get things out of them. I go, I don't want to. Yeah. I want to wait and, and plan my course of attack at that point. Yeah. And, you know, I had one of the highest sales ratings in that job for that reason. Yeah. Because you just find, and, it's, and I, I, the first word that pops in my head is vulnerability, but mm-hmm. it's not a vulnerability in the sense that I'm trying to take advantage of the situation. It's about how we can provide the best possible outcome for mm-hmm. whatever the problem at hand is. Right. And you can't do that when you're talking all the time. Right. 
And that's a big thing, you, going back to just asking for advice, I feel like um, that's something that's missing from a lot of people because their ego grows mm -hmm. faster mm -hmm. than their business does. Yeah. You know, in our in our industry, it doesn't take a lot of capital to get into screen printing. No. You get set up and start spinning the press for hundred thousand dollars, right? And start going. The difference is being able to maintain that longevity, mm -hmm. being able to grow organically and slowly, and still provide a quality product. Yeah. Um, but you know, we've learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we've Most made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, but we took a chance at some point early on and we decided we were going to do things a little bit differently than everybody else and try and uh, explore different printing methods before everybody else had jumped on to uh, discharge printing and water-based printing. And we burned a lot of shirts and ruined a lot of it. But now somebody comes at us and they're like, how do I get that? Right. You know, we don't, we don't advertise a lot. Right. Because people come to us. People come and people come to us when they've worked with another printer and they're pissed off because yeah. things started out really well yeah you know and then they started to tank after that or they just you know they heard through another friend and another friend and another friend and that's how i've built my long-standing relationships with friends and family yeah you've got a killer reputation in the t-shirt and the printing um community and especially from us like at third and court you know it's like well you're definitely like a valuable resource to us because we're just getting off the ground and and learning and getting advice from you is a big part of helping us succeed. You know, and, and I think it's once we get to that point where I know my employees and everybody else that's hanging out, they're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And as long as I can maintain that, I'm happy. Right. You know, I what the hard part for me is knowing that if I'm not out there hustling to maintain those networks and maintain those relationships and maintain our reputation they're not going to have a job. Right. And I'm not okay with that. Yeah. Um, That's a big weight on your shoulders. It is. It is. But, you know, when, when you know that you're putting out something that people are just going to find whether you say something or not, mm -hmm. it makes it a little easier pill to swallow. Right. Question four. What was a significant experience in your childhood that you believe led you to where you are now? Hmm. Um, so I... I think it comes back to what we were talking about earlier about having every job under the sun, you know, <laughs> yeah. because I watched my dad work nonstop growing up, the concept and the idea of just doing whatever you had to do to make sure your family was okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, my parents used to go, they went on vacation, they went and did all these things. We never wanted for anything. And at the time I didn't understand all of the shit that came behind that, you know, what that, that nonstop hustle. That and it wasn't until I got older and I started just kind of reflecting back on my childhood and looking that, no, at 10 years old, I was a grease monkey for our trucking company. Like on the weekends, while all, the, my, all my friends were out doing other things, yeah. I was at the shop pulling rivets out of the brake pads and changing oil. And then as I got older, I started doing things that I thought were fun, mm -hmm. but I did it because I needed to put gas in my car. Right. I needed to buy my clothes. I needed to do the things that I wanted to do. But... Every single one of those jobs that I had, I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do for a career. I knew it wasn't where I was going to spend the rest of my life, but at the same time, I had to do what I had to do to keep moving forward. And I would read the want ads every single day, anytime I had breakdown, you know, just trying to find something that was Maybe. not necessarily better, just different, that would build on something that I had already done. Right. And so every job since then has been a, a growing aspect of that. And... Uh, 
I think one of the, the hardest, I, I had a seriously soul-sucking job before we jumped ship and decided to jump into this industry, and I was a traveling salesperson for a yearbook company. Oh, Jostens? Uh, Herf Jones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Direct competitor. Yeah. Um, but, so, I mean, you, you've known me for a little while. Right. You've got this vision of who I am. Yes. I, my first, that's so crazy, that was my first instinct about you. <laughs> I bet you'd be a killer yearbook salesman. <laughs> <laughs> now... Take off the beard, yeah. put on a suit and a tie, and I'm sitting down across the table from a high school principal trying to tell him why my paper product is better than somebody else's yeah. paper product. I did it, and I was good at it, and it allowed my family before, uh, you know, to, to help pay off all of our college debt. Right. You know, my wife's got her doctorate, so we went through and got racked up a decent amount because we were irresponsible kids. We were yeah. you know, trying to figure out how to do it, and I knew that that was not where I was going to spend the rest of my life, but... I made really good money at it yeah. for the time that I had to do. And then once we got to that point where we were debt-free, aside from the mortgage, it was like, all right, now we can take a risk. You know, she's got a solid job as a professor. We're like, I can, I can afford to take this risk. Right. And so, you know, I found my partner, Jason, and we're like, I'm going to make this go. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's something that a lot of people don't realize, too. Like, once you do reach that point of becoming debt-free, you have so much freedom in your life that you never knew you was you were capable of having. Absolutely, absolutely. And you got to find your passion, your dream job because of that, yeah. because you were able to get that freedom. Right. You know, Dave or, uh, Dale talks about listening to Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership mm -hmm. all the time. And we got introduced to Financial Peace University um, that Dave's uh, group runs. My husband and I are, part, are doing that too. Yeah. We um, we did it when we were when she was my wife was still finishing up her doctorate and we got introduced through our church and it was honestly the biggest blessing that we could have had in that moment uh -huh. because we were still pulling out loans to make car payments. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't quite add up, but yeah, I get what you're saying. And that then, was one of the best gifts that we received for our wedding mm -hmm. was the whole packet. We both read the book, highlighted different parts, and and we don't follow it exactly, but we you know took what we wanted from it and applied that in right. a way that was good for us. Yeah. You know? And, you know, I, I, it's definitely necessary to, to find a way to adapt it to you. Mm -hmm. it, we've gotten to the point where, you know, it was gifted to us the first mm -hmm. time. And then as soon as we finished it, we turned around and gifted, gifted it right it. to somebody else. Yep. And then we, at our church back home, we've taught the class probably five or six times. That's awesome. Um, you know, it, it's definitely, we recognize the blessing and the position it put us in mm -hmm. to be able to turn around and share that as well. Well, that's really cool. So since we've been at the Arnold all weekend and um, we've seen some pretty awesome people throw down, um, what is your favorite type of exercise and why? <laughs> like aside, aside from like you're not just walking in doing whatever is written on the board. What do you want to see written on the board? It's your music, your gym, your workout. What are you writing up? You know what? It's going to be strong, man, slow, and heavy. All, all day. <laughs> all day. I feel like if Dale, Dale were here, he would totally agree with that. And, and this is why we built the, the garage gyms. Yep. You know, like, I am running a million different directions every single day. Absolutely. And I don't have time to walk in and sit in a gym for an hour, uh -huh. writing, doing something that somebody else wrote for me. Right. Like, I'm old enough now. I know what my body needs. I know what I enjoy. I yeah. know what, I, what I'm going to thrive at. And I know what is going to uh, 
hopefully allow me to continue to run around with my nine-year-old girl. Absolutely. And, you know, because yeah. the, the bigger she gets and the more active she gets, I got to keep pace with her. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, but walking in here, Carly talked me into doing 18.2. Yeah, that a girl car. Ish. Car. <laughs> yeah. Ish. See, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that after a weekend at the Arnold doing a lot of upper body movements, this lower body. I mean, I'm definitely going to feel the burn. I, I hate having to wait till Monday to do a, an open workout because right. you hear all the horror stories mm-hmm. that have happened in the meantime. But it was a good little detox. I mean, you know, the Arnold is it's a three day party. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, coming back to financial peace, though, I was very responsible this weekend. That's good. Everything was spent in cash. We, we don't run a credit card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. So since you just finished eighteen. Point two, um, you could probably think of this favorite cuss word that comes to mind that you that you have. Um. <laughs> and you can say it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, ever since I became a dad, like my cuss words, they, for whatever reason, Crap. they they, <laughs> they come back like they they get hampered down. Yeah. And growing up in a trucking family, I have a mouth like a fucking sailor. <laughs> You know? Right on. But I try so hard to curtail it. Yeah. But fuck it comes out of my word out of my mouth as a noun, a verb, an adjective yeah. <laughs> multiple times throughout the day. Awesome. 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 That's that's definitely a word that gets used way too often around here. <laughs> well, Eric, we love having you on the show. We it's love been fun. that you're listening to the podcast. We've had a hell of a weekend together. Yes, ma'am. Many more times. Absolutely. Many Looking forward to times. it. Yeah. Thanks, well, thank buddy. you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this very special episode of the Portsmouth Strong Podcast. We hope that you learned something from these awesome, awesome entrepreneurs. I know that Dale and I did, and it was just great getting to sit down with them. So, like I said, if you have any questions, please shoot us a message. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Peace out, guys. Make a little money. Make a little love. Spotlight to shine on me. What I got, I didn't get for free. I broke my back and skinned my knees. Working hard just to stay alive. I don't need much, just enough to survive. Make a dollar